Good day. This is Brother Jim Ellis with Dispensational Ministries, and thank you for listening to this podcast. I've entitled this message, The Truth Concerning Abortion. One out of every five pregnancies in this country are aborted every year. Going back to 2011, there were some 730,000 abortions in America. Those, that amount and degree of abortions have continued on with that pattern. In 2012, there was almost 700,000. 2013, the same. 2014 and so forth. More than 50 million babies have been slain by abortion since it was legalized in 1973. 92% of all the aborted babies since that time were killed simply because of unintended pregnancies. Respect for the life of human beings, both born or unborn, has greatly diminished since abortion was declared a woman's right. When a society of men and women cease to respect and reverence the most innocent among us, then no one's life will ever be held in esteem. Abortion in America has become far more of a political issue than it is a moral issue. It should not, but that's where we're at in this country. Far-left men and women have made it political by using their money and power to influence politicians into declaring themselves pro-abortionists. Fewer and fewer people of standing in this country are finding the courage to refute the false arguments being set forth by the pro-abortionist people. It's become common among those who, at one time in the past, took a stand against abortion to now pretend it's just a matter of conscience for each individual to decide. The abortionists have succeeded in swaying many young men and women with their illogical logic And it's become mostly a one-sided argument because very few are standing up to refute the false lies of the abortionists. There are fewer and fewer in America who have the moral courage to speak the truth about the evils of abortion. And those who are promoting the murder of the unborn have, have been extremely successful in silencing any opposition to their cause. Yeah, it's not really difficult to effectively refute, tear apart the extreme and completely illogical basis for abortion. It's not that anti-abortionists are not armed with the truth of it. The truth that is there and is evident to be able to refute their illogical logic. But fewer and fewer men and women seem to lack the moral courage to speak the truth. The truth is there. But fewer people have that courage that it takes to take the proper stand against it. When examined, their entire pro-abortion philosophy will not stand the test of honest examination. The problem is there's just simply not enough voices out there who are courageous enough to speak out and give detailed refutations to their arguments. The sanctity of life at every stage of life 
is no longer the standard in American culture. Abortion in America, among many, has become a rallying cry for human rights. The hypocrisy in the abortion rights movement can be clearly seen in their claim of abortion being a human right. I'd ask you, when did it become a human right for one human being to decide to murder another human being, especially an innocent human being? How is it that a group of people can take what was and is supposed to be at the very core of American existence? The fact that all men are created equal and we all have the same basic guaranteed rights and the right of life is one of the most precious of all human rights. They've taken that basic right, turned it inside out and defined it into something that it is absolutely not. They've turned it into the right to murder. Politicians who adopt the so-called right of abortion are praised by many as oh, as heroes. Women who have abortions are being portrayed as brave and heroic. But it is, in the moral standard of God, our Creator, murder. And any person who condones or promotes or supports such is guilty of murder by association. Those who support and promote and help facilitate abortions are now and always complicit in the wholesale murder of little innocent children. I recently saw a post on social media of three young college-aged girls with T-shirts on that read, My Body, My Choice. They were holding up a sign, and that sign said, Parasites don't have rights. Now, the parasites they were talking about were unborn babies in the womb. These deluded young women considered a little innocent life inside a mother to be nothing more than a parasite that could be eradicated at will. Or it was nothing more than a virus one could kill with antibody medicines. It's hard to imagine anything any more vile and evil than that kind of mentality and all morality. Modern abortionists claim through false science that until a child comes forth from the womb, it's not a human being, it's a fetus. They define a fetus as an unborn, developing human. But they claim it's not a human being until after it emerges from the the mother's womb. They claim until the so-called fetus takes its first breath of air and is able to live outside the mother's body, it's not a human being, it's still a fetus. But a human being is defined by far more than just a beating heart and an active brain. In the will of God, it is also a living soul and spirit. A soul and spirit that can never be measured or even detected by mankind's scientific abilities. When that child is conceived in the mother's womb, it becomes a living soul with a spirit. In recent times, abortion advocates have done what evil always does. It elevates more evil. Evil perpetuates more evil. As a society, people begin to become conditioned to the presence and onslaught of evil, the more evil will increase and the more people will become conditions, conditioned 
to evil's presence. Well, people will cease to be horrified and, and have ceased to be horrified and repulsed at the presence of evil. They have simply became used to it and accepting of it. Doesn't seem to be any horror in a society today when you come to think that every single day multitudes of little innocent babies are being slaughtered in abortion clinics from one end of this country to the other. Paul said, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, as the evil of abortion has become accepted, many are advocating for the death of the baby, even after it's born, if the mother so chooses. The governor of the state of Virginia detailed this process of what they're now calling afterbirth abortion. He said once the child is delivered, it will be made comfortable and kept alive until the doctor and the mother can consult about whether or not to abort the already alive baby. After birth abortion. As evil as abortion is when the baby's still in the mother's womb, this new so-called after birth abortion is even worse. A breathing, living child is born All of their arguments about a fetus versus a baby or human being are now gone. There is no longer any controversy about its position as a human being. But now, now as a result of the years of our society being conditioned to accept the murder of babies in the mother's womb, now we are sanctioning murdering the baby after it takes its first breath. Now, they're no longer hiding behind their fetus claim. Now they have progressed to out-and-out cold-blooded murder of a little, precious, innocent, newborn baby. When evil's allowed a foothold in a society, it always grows worse and worse and worse. Murder's defined in the Word of God as the taking of life by one who is not authorized to take human life or the taking of a human life that has done nothing to deserve to die or as the Bible states it, someone who's worthy of death. In the case of self-defense, taking a human life to prevent serious harm or death to you or to another, that's not murder, that's self-defense, which is Authorized in the Word of God, every person has a right to defend their life from the aggression of another person. The Bible, as the Word of God, teaches very clearly that life begins at conception. The moment a child is conceived in the mother's womb, it becomes a living person with a soul and a spirit. Ending that child's life a child who has done absolutely nothing to deserve to die at any point after conception is in the word of God, murder. As in most of the major decisions we're called upon to make in our life, we have to decide whose counsel are we going to believe. 
to make our decisions. Are we going to believe science, or as Paul termed it, science falsely so-called, or the plain truth and evident truth of the Word of God? Based in the truth of the Word of God, all of the emotional hysteria and emotional arguments in favor of abortion cannot override the basic and core truth that abortion, abortion is murder. For whatever reason a person may try to use to justify abortion, it's still murder. When most argue for the justification of abortion, it's usually in the context of what is best for the mother and not the child. Their entire argument is about them, me, my rights, what is best for them and their circumstances. Their entire entire argument is almost always a self-centered, selfish, egocentric, self-absorbed, it's all about me argument. Pro-abortionists never, they just never take the issue of the innocent life that's inside them into consideration. In fact, they'll go to great lengths to deny that the child inside a woman's womb is an actual child or baby. And if it's not a human being, then they feel justified in doing whatever they please with that so-called fetus. They claim that their positions concerning abortion are supported by hard, fast scientific facts, when in fact they are not. Their so-called science is merely twisted talking points designed to allow them an excuse to continue on in their sin and promiscuity. Abortion came to the forefront in America during the time of the so-called sexual revolution. It was a revolution of debauchery and open promiscuity, recreational sex with unlimited partners. Sexual activity was no longer to be reserved between a committed husband and wife, but now everyone was being urged to freely have sex with whoever and whenever they pleased. Sex was no longer a sacred part of marriage. It became little more than a recreational sport. That supposed sexual freedom posed a problem for women, and they began to address that problem. What were they to do in this new world of sexual freedom when or if they became pregnant? The answer that a generation of men and women came up with, men and women who had already lost any restraint or moral compass, that solution became, well, just kill the baby. Remove it from the mother's womb. Abort it as soon as possible. That way the woman would be free to continue on in her daily affairs with a minimum of inconvenience. Instead of cautioning young women to respect and observe the biblical commandments against fornication or any sexual activity outside of marriage, just join the sexual revolution and be free. Have sex with whoever you want, whenever you desire. Ignore the consequences full steam ahead. And if by chance you get pregnant, just kill the fetus and go on with your life and don't look back. After all, they tell the young and the gullible, it's your body and no one has the right to tell you what to do with your own body. 
Allow me in the remaining of this message to give you some so-called reasons that people use to justify abortion. It always amazes me as to the illogical, unfounded, contradictory, and irreconcilable statements that people set forth as an excuse for what they're doing or to justify their actions. The following are just a, a few of such statements people make to justify killing little innocent life inside their bodies. They say if it's made illegal, women will be getting abortions in back alleys and unsafe and unsanitary chop shops. Well, let me say what they're saying another way. Let's keep abortion legal in America so that every woman who goes into an abortion clinic and makes a determined choice to murder their unborn child can do so without fear of the consequences of murder. But my friend, if that's what a person makes a choice to do, then as with any act, they have to accept the consequences of their actions, both legal and to their health. A lot of things people want to do are illegal. And many go to great lengths to avoid the law, the law committing things that are illegal, including putting their lives and health in jeopardy. That does not mean that as a society of people, we should make those things legal. If a woman continues in her promiscuity and gets pregnant and then makes a choice to have a back alley abortion, that's her choice. But that choice comes with consequences. People make this kind of flawed, illogical argument as if society is obligated to facilitate anyone in their sin and wrongdoing. Well, that's not much different than saying if we make bank robbery illegal, well, people are still going to rob banks, but then they'd they be made to put their lives in jeopardy and, and maybe even face prison if they get caught. So, so that they won't get in trouble, let's just make it legal. My friend, if a person chooses to break the law, then there are always consequences. Okay, well, how about this? Let's make all murder legal. That way, no one who chooses to commit murder would ever have to face the consequences of their actions. You follow the same illogical logic that these people use out to their conclusion, and you can come to every kind of absurd, illogical, tainted, twisted, and corrupt conclusion that you desire. All the time, the simple solution is for the woman to follow the commandments of God against fornication. I, mean, I say woman, women and men. Follow the commandments of God against fornication and sexual sin. And every person who chooses to have sexual relationships before marriage knows the possible consequences from that. I've heard other abortionists say this. I'm a Christian and I believe in abortion as if that justifies murder. If somehow a person's claim to be a Christian justifies murder, it would kind of be like saying, I'm a police officer and I believe in drug smuggling and drunk driving. You see, being one thing does not legalize or legitimize the other. Saying something is so because you are something does not make the first something true. 
Your support for abortion while claiming to be a Christian does not make abortion anything other than it is murder. A person can claim to be anything and believe what they choose to believe, but that does not change the facts of the truth. But if you are truly a saved, born-again child of God and you believe aborting a child is okay, then you are severely misinformed as a Christian. But in all honesty, honesty, I seriously doubt that you even understand what being a Christian is. If you did, there would be no sane reason you would ever support such a vile and evil act. There can be little more evil in this world than murdering an innocent life who is yet to commit one wrong act on its own. A little child who had nothing to do with the actions of its mother and father in its conception should never, never be punished for something it had absolutely no control over or complicity in. To do that is a form of evil above and beyond imagination. Then others still say this. It's okay in the case of incest or rape. Truly, incest and rape are terrible crimes, terrible crimes. And anyone who commits one of those crimes should be punished and punished severely. There's no question about that. And I'm in no way minimizing the severity of these matters. I, at least in part, as a man, I I, I can't fully understand how traumatic and how much emotional pain that this would cause a woman to have to endure and then recover from afterwards. I can understand that, but my understanding in that would only be partial. But regardless, regardless of how a child was conceived, it is still a human being, and aborting a human being is murder. The child who may be conceived by rape or incest is not an inferior being, and it does not make the child of any less value or worth. That child is not intrinsically evil or vile because it was conceived by such a horrible act by the father. Yes, it is a horrible thing. But that baby is still a human being, and as such, his life has value both before God and mankind. The child, which may result from rape or incest, is not he's, he or she's not the guilty party. It's not going to come forth from the womb as a demon or fire-breathing vile being. It's going to be born as a child is born. It's going to be born and it's going to be a baby. No one has the right to take that baby's life. Abortionists justify aborting aborting or murdering a child conceived through rape or incest as if that baby is going to come into the world as some kind of inferior, intrinsically evil being, and therefore it's okay to end its life by aborting it. Let me pose this question. A woman who's raped or is the object of incest, does she have the right to track the man down who did that and murder that man in cold blood? Does she have the right to take vengeance against that man on her own? Well, in the laws of the United States of America, she too would be guilty of murder 
if she took vengeance on her own, in her own hands. We do not have the right under the laws to punish rapists. Such punishment is solely reserved for the governmenting, governmental authorities in America, not the individual. So no, she would not have that right. And if she did do that, she herself would be guilty of an unlawful act. Think for a second. That being the case, why would one believe that a woman has the right to murder a baby who had no part in the crime of the father? Not even God will punish the child for the sins of the father. Well, the pet answer that the abortionists always come up with is, well, it's the woman's body. She has the right to do with it as she pleases. Well, I'll answer that very flawed reasoning in a few minutes. Then others talk about, well, it's going to be a financial hardship on the mother. Every child that's born to the average person in America, that family endures the hardships of raising a child. Enduring those Hardships of raising any child is what parenthood is all about. It is never easy, even in the best of circumstances. If a woman cannot afford to have a child financially, or she does not want a child for whatever reason, then she should never do what it takes to conceive a child. The right solution to any situation must begin not with the situation, but with the origin of the situation and not the present conditions of the situation. What brought this situation into being in the first place? The woman who got pregnant knew before she had sex that pregnancy was a possibility. I, I don't mean to sound harsh or cold or indifferent, but these are just the facts of the truth. After our actions of life comes personal responsibility to face the consequences of our actions. Murder is never the solution. See, abortion has become just one more means of birth control in America and truly in many other countries around the world. The problem is it's not birth control that prevents a pregnancy. That's truly what birth control is supposed to be. It prevents the conception of pregnancy. But this kind of birth control is a birth control of murder. It is a form of murder to terminate a pregnancy that's already taken place. Once again, I'm not purposely trying to sound cold or indifferent to the hardships of a single woman. The hardships she will often have in raising a child on her own. But taking responsibility for the consequences of our actions have to always, always be taken into consideration before we can find the solution to any situation. I've heard others use the emotional argument, well, she's been abandoned by the woman's lover and left her on her own to raise a, a baby by herself. Suppose a young lady meets a man and falls in love with him and becomes pregnant with his baby, either in or out of wedlock. 
But then the man shows his true colors, and those colors are dark and selfish, and perhaps he abandons her, or he's so cruel to her she has to escape him. They claim she would be justified in aborting the baby because of its vile father. Why, after all, should she suffer alone as a single parent? Well, if you're following the logic behind what we're saying, there are just a whole host of answers as to why aborting that child would be the very, very wrong thing to do. The most important fact is that aborting that baby, regardless of whatever circumstances come about, it's still murder. You know, every person, male or female, should know the person they're going to become romantically involved in long before they become romantically involved. A relationship should never be entered without wise and due diligence on the part of both people before it goes any further. Sexual relationships, according to the Word of God, are only and always to be reserved for the institution of marriage between a husband and wife. One surefire way to guarantee that a woman does not get pregnant before she's married is to make sure she does not have sexual relationship outside of marriage. The same thing goes with a man, goes for a man. Don't do it outside the marriage relationship. And don't jump in the marriage without truly knowing the person that you're going to give your heart and life to. Others cite the situation of the mother. Oh, I, I cannot afford to have a baby or, or I want to go to college and having a baby's going to get in my way. Oh, I don't want a baby. I have a career and, I, and I've got to spend all my time advancing my career. Or I'm just not ready to settle down to having a baby. I'm still young, and I want to continue on in my life having as much fun as I can have. Once again, that argument is only selfishly focuses on the woman and not the innocent life that she's carrying inside of her. That baby has a right to a happy life as well. Then the, probably the one that's most used is, it's my body, and I'll do with it as I please. You cannot tell me what to do with my body, nor do I want to. In America, the abortion rights people claim that every woman has the right over her own body as if she chooses to have an abortion. It is her right. It's her right to choose to have an abortion because it's her body. And no one can tell her what to do with her body. Well, the problem with that argument is self-evident. In the moral law of God and standard of God, once life is conceived in a woman's body, her obligation then becomes to that innocent life. A woman's rights cease where the rights of the unborn baby are concerned. While that baby is in her mother's womb, 
It's dependent on the mother for sustained life, and that's very true. But it is still a separate and distinct life. It's in the mother's body, but it is life that is separate and distinct from her, his or her mother's body. A woman who commits abortion is not doing something about her body or to her body. She's in fact doing something to a separate human being that lives inside her body. Okay, if a woman wants to go and dye her hair purple or cut it all off and shave it, I suppose that's her right. It's her hair and it's her body. But once she decides to participate in a sexual act and that act results in life being conceived inside of her, that new life then becomes the priority. It is no longer just about her. It is no longer just about her body. It is not one single body. It is two human beings, one of which is dwelling and growing and maturing inside another person's body. And the person that's carrying that little baby has a divine obligation to nurture that baby. Aborting a child because the mother may be inconvenienced, it's still murder. Aborting a child because the mother got caught in her sin, it's still murder. Aborting a child because the child may hinder a woman's other activities and goals and life is still murder. Aborting a child because the woman is not ready for whatever reason to be a mother, sorry, that's still murder. On and on, I suppose, a list of illogical logic and excuses and false justifications for aborting an unborn baby could continue. But the plain truth of the moral standard of God is simply, as we've been saying, life begins at conception, and any attempt to abort that life at any time after conception is murder. The very good news is that even if a woman has been guilty of aborting a baby, there is free forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. The wonderful thing about the Lord's forgiveness is all the shame and guilt and dishonor from any sin. Doesn't matter what the sin is. Any sin we commit, commit all that shame and guilt and dishonor and condemnation is taken away in Jesus Christ. His forgiveness is complete and His forgiveness is unconditional. And any person who desires his forgiveness for any sin can have it and will be cleansed. Paul said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall now inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, or adulterers, or effeminate, or abusers of themselves of mankind, or thieves, or covetous, or drunkards, nor revilers, or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But then he said, and such were some of you. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. 
Someone said justified means just as if I never sinned. In the eyes of God, that is very true. Our sins are not only forgiven in the sight of God, they are forgotten. They are banished from his memory forever. And the Lord himself said they will never be brought up. Never, never, ever again. My friend, if you're a woman concerning abortion, please, I urge you to not do it. Many young women who have had abortions are many times often haunted with severe regret in the years to come. What they did lingers in their heart and mind for many, many years afterwards. Sure, most of the time, it seems the only way out of their trouble. But in truth, it is the beginning of many sorrows. There are hundreds of places in the United States of America where a woman can seek help with her pregnancy and her situations without aborting her baby. And no, I'm not pretending it would be easy, easy and there will most likely be some bumpy roads ahead. But those bumpy roads are nothing compared to the guilt and regret that many will experience later in life. If you've already had an abortion at some point in your life, then seek the Lord's forgiveness. He will freely and forever forgive. He is a gracious and loving Lord, and the desire of His being is to forgive you of all sin. I'm blessed in that I have five beautiful grandchildren. My youngest is a baby girl less than two months old as of this message. I was holding her, feeding her a bottle the other day, looking down at that precious little bundle. And the thought came to me what a tragic and horrible thing it would have been if this little precious beyond words baby had been aborted and never given a chance to be born into this world. How tragic that truly would have been. Sure, babies are expensive at times, and most certainly they need all the mother's care and attention they can have. And yes, a woman's life will change when their baby is born. But be the mother that you should be, and I promise your life will change for the better. Motherhood or fatherhood is not easy. It never has been. It never will be. But nothing in this life that is worth having is easy. That little newborn precious bundle of life that you bring into this world will be worth it. He or she will be worth it if, if you become the kind of mother or father you should be in the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for listening. This is Brother Jim Ellis. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all.